Who or what is the basis of your life? Here's Pastor Xavier Reese. We are warned throughout Scripture about being deceived by the world system. First John 2, 15 and 16, you know it. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Lot knew the depravity of Sodom. You see, you can call yourself a Christian, but is your home being run by biblical principles? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We're forever playing the comparison game looking for the greener grass, but it's been said the problem with going to where the grass is always greener is that it's probably on top of a septic tank. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us on a tour of the doomed cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the very cities that looked very green to Abraham's nephew Lot. Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 29, and the message entitled, Judgment Visited on Sodom. We have seen the judgment of the entire world that perished as God brought the deluge for their evil and rebellion against God, only eight people were saved, Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives. We've also seen the judgment of the Tower of Babel as man rebelled against God again, trying to corrupt the ways and the things of God, so God brought confusion to the languages and dispersed them throughout the earth. To this point, if there are no gaps in the genealogies, there has been about 2,000 years of history. And now we get to see the particular judgment that falls on certain cities for their evil lifestyle with the primary focus on the city of Sodom. And so we want to look at the judgment of Sodom, which um, came about by a threefold process. Let me read here these verses, 1 to 29. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he arose and met them and bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And he said, No but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered into his house. Then he made a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house, and they came to Lot and they said to him, "Uh, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. And so Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind them, and said, Please, my brethren, uh, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known men. Uh, Please uh, let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come in under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and they pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, and that they all became weary trying to find the door. Um, Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone here else, uh, else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, um, whoever you have in the city, take them out of this place. 
For we will destroy the place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and he spoke to his son-in-law who uh, had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his son-in-law, he seemed to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of him by his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you or stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to them, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city from which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city is called Zoar. The sun then risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. And then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plains and the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And then he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like smoke of furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities which Lot had dwelt. The judgment of Sodom is given to us in a threefold process. Verse 1 through 11, we have the visitation of Sodom by the two angels. Verse 12 through 15, the denunciation of Sodom by the two angels. And in verse 16 through 29, the expulsion of Lot from Sodom by the two angels. Notice verse 1 through 3, the arrival of the two angels of judgment to Sodom is given to us. The encounter with Lot in verse 1, the two are identified as angels and they're also identified as men. If you will take note, the word for angel simply means messenger. Uh, these are called angels and men. They are the same ones that were with Abram. They're men and angels, angels who took on the form of men. The context is very, very, very clear. Now, their arrival, notice, was at night, contrast to Abraham, contrasting these two cities, the two lifestyles, the two men, lightness and darkness. There's a great parallel, but with sharp contrast between these two. And you could put chapter 18 on one side, chapter 19 on the side, diagram it, put it next to it, it'll be identical, just about balanced, but what a contrast between the two. Notice Lot was sitting in the gate, the place of judgment, counsel, business. Remember that in chapter 13, verse 10, when he departed from uh, Abraham, his uncle, that he lifted his eyes up to the plains of Jordan. And then in chapter 13, verse 12, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Then in chapter 14, verse 12, finally he ends up dwelling in Sodom. Now he's one of the judges. My, he's come a long ways. Compromise and sin is progressive. Notice Lot 
rose to greet them, prostrating himself as Abraham is the very same word, to prostrate oneself in respect. But what a great difference between these two men. Abraham, a man of faith, Lot, a man of flesh. 100% beef, carnal. And there are a lot of people that go to church, but they live a carnal life. And we're going to see this parallel, okay? And each person knows how they live. Every person receives what they're sowing. There's no escaping it. Lot was warm. He said, here, now my lords, Adonai, please turn to your servants and uh, spend the night. He was caring and wash your feet, refreshing themselves. He was encouraging, then you may rise up early and go on your way. So all the right things are said, but he's carnal. And that's the danger of deception, that because I go to church, because I read my Bible, but if I don't live it, or if I'm living carnally, that makes me carnal. Lot was refused. They said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square without doubt to test Lot to see if he would pursue them, but also perhaps that they might observe the nightlife to confirm the judgment of God. God said, I must come down and see their cry of sin. Now, notice Lot insisted strongly. The hospitality was like Abraham, but for a re different reason. Lot knew the depravity of Sodom. The motivation is totally different. Now notice, Lot finally convinced them. So they turned into him. They entered the house, made him a feast. He baked him unleavened bread, and they ate. You see, you can call yourself a Christian, but is your home being run by biblical principles? Or are you a Christian and living under the worldly principles? Then you're carnal. You can judge yourself. You need no one to judge you. You must make that examination. Unleavened bread is mentioned for the first time. Leaven is symbolic of sin. Here are the angels being holy. No sin. Now, the arrival of the men of Sodom at the house of Lot is given to us. The homosexual men asked for the angels to abuse them sexually, verse 4 and 5. Just before they lay down, the men of Sodom came, both old and young, mark it well, all the people from every quarter surrounding the house, even those who were not homosexuals. So the, the homosexuals are mentioned by the content, but not everyone was a homosexual, okay? So we must be true to the text, and we have to be careful people going extreme or people saying we're just targeting homosexuals. We are not. You must expound the text for what it says. Notice they brazenly asked Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Their objective was to get to the two men in Lot's house. They were demanding Lot, bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. The word to know them is sexual intimacy. And of course, there are men, it would be a homosexual encounter. The similar account is found in the book of Judges. It says, suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat the door. And they spoke to the master of the house, an old man saying, bring out the men who came to your house that we may know them carnally, Judges 19.22. That was a time when everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes because there was no king on the throne of Israel. Anarchy. Welcome to America. You have the civil servants disobeying the law in San Francisco. What happened to them? Nothing. No authority in the land. Civil servants sworn to protect the Constitution of California and the United States. They break it. Nothing happened. Interesting. Notice verse 6 through 9. The attempt of Lot to reason with the homosexuals failed. The courage of Lot is displayed here. You have to give him credit. He goes outside. He shuts the door behind him in verse 6. He pleads with them 
not to commit such an act. Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. He identifies the act as wicked, and he tries to identify as brethren. He lives there. Lot attempts to dissuade them by offering us two virgin daughters. I have two daughters whom do not know man. I'll bring them out, do whatever you wish to them. Appalling as a father that I would even read something like this. Lot felt responsible for the protection of those under his roof as the custom was of the day. Only do nothing to these men. For this reason, they have come under my shadow of my roof. And you were duty bound to protect those visitors at the stake of your own life. But to offer your daughters is a bit too much. Unexcusable. Notice in verse 9, the response of the homosexuals was quite illuminating. Mark it well. It's detailed. It's progressive. They were aggressive, ridiculing him. Stand back. They were sarcastically indifferent, for he was an alien resident, not a citizen. Listen, then they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Literally, and shall he judge, judging? Shall he continue to play the judge? had no respect for Lot. They were threatening. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Lot was viewed as a worse offender for attempting to stop these homosexuals from achieving their gang rape. They would treat him worse than the two men. They were violent, finally. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. They were going to trample over Lot to get to the two you know, when you're a slave, and it doesn't have to be homosexuality, whether it's fornication, drugs, or alcohol, or anything else, you will destroy anything that gets between you and whatever masters you. It'll destroy you and others. Verse 10 and 11, the rescue of Lot by the angels is given to us. The men who were angels here reached out by their hands and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. Lot was being rescued by their angel, but he had been rescued by Lot once already, Remember? by Abraham when he was taken captive by the four kings of the east. Now he's being rescued by the angels, but really it was a direct relationship to the intercession of Abraham. Got a faithful uncle, faithful Christians that pray for carnal people and for non-believers for salvation. The angels struck the men at the doorway of the house with blindness, small and great. Now the reference to small and great in the case of social influential and the non-influential. So in other words, the depravity of, of Sodom and Gomorrah had affected all forms of society. Look to our society today. The depraved sin of homosexuality has permeated the entire society of Sodom, even to embracing it and tolerating it, listen, as normal. They were so driven in their lust for these men that they became weary trying to find the door. Notice that. Exhausting themselves, trying to find the door. There you are as a perfect slave. You will do anything. Can you imagine being blinded by these angels and they are so set in their way that nothing stops or deters them? We are warned throughout Scripture about being deceived and destroyed by the world system. First John 2, 15 and 16, you know it. It says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. You remember, we were in the world. And some of us were into it, but ankle deep, knee deep. Some of us were over our head. We are sent into the world not to be one with the world, for it's, it is temporal. First John 2, 17, and the world's passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. It's so temporal. Look at yourself. The years you've lived with yourself. You getting younger? 
We're around for a little while, just a matter of time. We're sent into the world to persuade men, not merely to prosper with men. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things enter in and choke the word of God and you become unfruitful. Mark 4, 19, the parable of the sower. Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50 says, Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride. Fullness of food, abundance of idleness, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. Pretty heavy. That describes America, people, and the majority of the world today. The Bible clearly teaches that homosexual lifestyle and practices is one of the most things that are more uh, heinous to God. They're called an abomination to God. It's not the only sin. That's called an abomination. There are many things, and the word abomination simply means something foul or detestable. Leviticus 18.22 says, You shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. Many people say the Bible never speaks about homosexuality. Well, put this one in your hat, okay? Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man lies with a man as he lies with a woman... Both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. That's Old Testament law. That's what they did. The New Testament does not command people to be put to death. The New Testament commands people to repent from their sins. Romans 1.26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women changed the natural use for what is against nature. 27 says, likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving themselves the penalty of their errors, which was due. You reap, you sow. It can't be any clearer in the Old and New Testament that homosexuality, lesbianism, is an affront to God. But let me say that the wages of sin is death, all sin. We're not targeting homosexuality. It happens to be part of the text here. But there were others included that weren't homosexuals. You understand? Fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkards, drug addicts, people like you and I, before we repented. It's just that simple. There's a threefold spiral downward, giving up in Romans. Verse 24, unclean thoughts. Verse 26, vile passions or affection. Verse 28, debase or reprobate minds. That's how you get there, one step at a time. Paul says to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Do you not know that un the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Listen, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Can't be any clearer. Both sides of the fence are struck. In fact, Jude reminds us and he says, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to, listen, sexual immorality, which means heterosexual sex outside of marriage, and gone after strange flesh, that's homosexuality, okay, are set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So both sides of the sexual activity is given, hetero and homosexual. The visitation of Sodom to the by the two angels was most grievous, most grievous. 
Now notice the denunciation of Sodom by the two angels in verse 12 through 15. Verse 12 and 13, the angels uh, command the lot to leave Sodom. He was to gather family and others, uh, anyone he knew, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, whatever, in the city, and to leave the place. This perversion uh, provided the proof of Yahweh's uh, just pronouncement of certain judgment as he told Abraham in chapter 18, verse 16 through 33, as he haggled with him. How about if there's 50? How about 45? How about 35? Hey, if you find 10, I'll let it slide. I couldn't find 10. This was the allowance for the righteous to escape. No one's forced. Everyone has to choose whether you stay under judgment or leave through the provisions of God. He was to know the city would be destroyed. Listen, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against him has grown great before the face of the Yahweh, and Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. The outcry against him has grown great, present tense. Back in chapter 13, verse 13, it says their sin was against the Lord. Speaking of Sodom. In chapter 18, verse 20, their sin was great, very grave, meaning exceedingly heavy and weighty, costly and destructive. The angels were on a judgment mission. Notice verses 14 and 15. The man Lot, in desperation, attempted to warn the, about the impending destruction. Lot went out and he spoke to his son-in-law in verse 14 who had married his daughters. His daughters had married men of Sodom by the permission of Lot. He had compromised, being unequally yoked, as the New Testament says, the Old Testament says. Now some take this to mean engaged to be married. Since he's already introduced his two daughters who were virgins in verse 8, which is kind of an oxymoron as depraved as he was and compromising, they're still virgins. It's pretty good. The moral depravity of Sodom had affected Lot in every way and his family. Compromise is always progressive and it's always costly. What a frustrating night this must have been. Lot realizing, I've put all my eggs in the wrong basket. Everything I worked for is going to be gone. Lot said, get up. Get out of this place for the Lord Yahweh will destroy the city. But to his son-in-law, he seemed to be joking. Lot had lost his witness among his family. What a regret this must have been at this point. Lot's son-in-law laughed, mocked him. In fact, there is a play on words here between the laughter of Abraham and Sarah and now the son-in-law. Chapter 17, 18, and now here. It has the same root word. One was of belief, amazement. The other one of unbelief by Sarah. And this one of mockery. And when you laugh, depend on which one, you can tell which it is. Absolutely. Verse 15, Lot was urged in view of the certain judgment. Lot was dragging his feet. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry. Lot, perhaps in frustration of those who did not believe, was looking, waiting, hoping that they'd show up. They didn't. And so Lot then was personally commanded by the angels arise take your wife your two daughters who are here the time had come these are the only ones who exited Sodom Lot his wife his two daughters and so Lot was warned by the angels of the potential of perishing if he was not out of the city Pastor Xavier Reese and the grace of God in the midst of our sin 
Now you can pick up a copy of today's thought-provoking message, Judgment Visited on Sodom. We're making it available for only $4 on either CD or cassette. Just let us know what format to send you when you get in touch. And by the way, this is a great way to share this ministry with a friend. So the title to ask for once again is Judgment Visited on Sodom. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. You can also give us a call at 800-926-1485. Now I'll repeat that one more time, but right now, Pastor Xavier has a few words he'd like to share with us. Yes, you know, once in a while we get emails from individuals, and it blesses me as I read them, and just to see how God is using the programs. And it's encouraging to us knowing that we are following the Lord's lead and that God is using them, but also to to find out some of the issues of the listeners and how God is working in their life. And we're just blessed. Uh, so we would encourage you to drop us a line to allow God to use you to encourage us. Aaron, tell them again how they can get a hold of us. Thank you, Pastor Xavier. That's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or send us an email to simpletruths at ccpas.com. That's simpletruths at ccpas.com. And by the way, it helps when you tell us the call letters of this station when you do contact us. How long will the Lord tarry before judgment comes? Learn more when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com